series today called How to Be Brave. And, uh, and so you don't need all that mess to get you guys going right in the morning. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you guys are here. I, wanna, I want us to do a couple of things really quick. Uh, first of all, I want uh, us to uh, pray for a couple of areas before we get started. One, you know, we've had our state hit pretty hard. And, uh, and so I want us to pray for that. And then at the end, uh, whenever we receive our morning tithes and offerings, if you want to give towards that, we are going to be sending some money uh, to a, that relief uh, area and with, with an organization that we're a part of. And so uh, there, there are people without electricity, without homes, without all kinds of, all kinds of stuff going on. And so there's a couple of organizations that we're a part of that's uh, doing a, a massive amount of work over there. And uh, right now, uh, we're, we just want to be a blessing. We just want to help. And so we're going to pick one of the two, and we're going we're gonna to evaluate what's going on with the two, and we're going we're gonna to send where we feel like it's going to make the best uh, impact and, and going to use those funds the best. They'll both use them the best. But, uh, so I think the need is so big, so great. And, uh, and then we've got, uh, uh, I think, uh, I understand, Toby, you're going over there. He's going over there to help with the relief. Uh, he's one of uh, a, 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 are you a trooper? State trooper. State trooper. And so I want to pray for everybody that's going and helping there. And so let's do that, and then I'll tell you in a minute what else we're going to pray. Well, we're going to pray for our women's conference that's coming up, okay? All right. Father, we just, we just lift up, Father, our... Our oh, fellow uh, citizens, Lord, of Texas, Lord, that are, have experienced so much devastation. Also those that are maybe experiencing uh, that in Louisiana, Lord. And we just pray. We, pray for, we just pray for everyone, Lord God, that has uh, been impacted by this. Uh, we just pray, Lord, comfort first of all. Uh, many of them are just so disoriented uh, because they've lost everything. And I just pray that uh, you would just somehow bring hope and comfort to their hearts. And uh, I know that they need some monetary uh, need, uh, needs met. There's things that, uh, physical needs that need to be met. But Father, I pray that you just go into their heart and give them vision for, for beyond the storm. Give them hope beyond the storm. And God, I just thank you for that. Pray for everyone that's going and, and that's helping uh, physically, uh, Toby and the rest, Lord, that are going to, to assist in, in uh, rescuing and, and doing what's needed out there. And uh, Lord, we just pray for them. Pray protection. Uh, I know that there's always the, the uh, potential, Father, for danger and, and uh, loss of life even more so. And we just pray, Lord, that you would just guide them and direct them and protect them in every way possible. And God, we pray against that storm that's trying to come in, Father, uh, around Florida and, and, and uh, all that area, Lord. We, we speak against that storm. We command that storm to be uh, just to desist, uh, to uh, be uh, removed uh, from, from inland in Jesus' name. And God, we just thank you for that in Jesus' mighty name. And Lord, we lift up uh, the Radiant uh, Conference, the Women's Conference that's coming. Lord, there's so many people that are struggling with bondages in their life, all of us in many areas, in many ways. 
And uh, we pray, Lord, that there would be just such an anointing upon everyone that has anything to do with uh, this conference, from uh, greeters to uh, those that are preparing, Father, the the radiant team, the worship team, everyone, Lord. We just pray that you would help them and also prepare the ladies' hearts that will be coming in. And we just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, praise God. All right, lots, lots going on in life. And, and, you know, there's so much that I could say there, but I'm going to limit what I'm going to say now because I want to get into this series. And, uh, and, and don't forget today, uh, if you haven't joined a small group, please uh, do so. We'll have small group sign in. We have some great groups for this fall. And so, but I want to I talk to you about how to be brave, especially what's going on in life. Uh, life has a whole mess of things that we have to deal with. And uh, some, many times in the face of what we're going through, instead of being brave, we're being fearful. Instead of being courageous, we're being afraid. And, and so I want to talk about how to be fra- uh, f- uh, brave, not f- afraid, how to be brave. And today I want to talk to you about how to do that. In order for that to happen, we have to have a right perspective. Your perspective, my perspective will determine whether we're brave or not. Uh, A perspective is when we see things in the right light. Uh, Many times we look at something, and all of us, we can have two different people look at one thing and see two different things. And both of them, it's, it's, it's a matter of perspective. One can see something positive. One can see something negative. Perspective will mean everything in life. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13 and 14 is our text for this series. And it says this, it says, Watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong, let all that you do be done with love. And so it tells us that we're to watch, we're to watch and stand and, and be brave. And so it's, it's so important that, we, that we're brave. And, and the reason is, uh, probably many reasons why, but if we're not brave, we're not going to move out into the things that God has for us. And uh, I see many people are, are being limited in their life because of fear. Fear controls. Fear, by the way, is a, a demonic force. The Bible says that he hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. And so understand that fear is a spirit that controls people's lives. People are making decisions all the time based on the spirit of fear. Rather than having the, uh, the courage to move out, God said, told Joshua, be of good courage, be of good courage, be of good courage. He could have said it this way, be brave, be brave, be brave. Don't give in to that spirit of fear. Otherwise, you're not going to move out into, the, into what I have for you. You're never going to experience the promised land that I have for you. And so every one of us find ourselves there where, where we're being uh, uh, influenced by fear. Fear comes. It comes knocking at every one of our doors. Doesn't mean that we have to give in to fear. And, and I believe that's why God says, be brave. The, you, it's a must that we be brave. And uh, it's so, so, so important. So I want to talk about how do, we, how do we be brave? How to be brave through this perspective, our perspective, having the right perspective in life. Uh, 
What I'm going to do is I'm going to take I'm going to take the story and all of you probably if you've been around any kind of church you know the story of David David and Goliath. Uh, David being a teenage boy, Goliath being a giant, and how uh, how David took down this giant. Uh, a teenage boy goes his he was sent to to uh, visit his brothers that were at war with the Philistines, and his dad says, hey, come in from watching sheep, and I want you to go take some grub to your brothers. Go check on them, see how they're doing. Give me a report on what's going on. We know the story, right? And so he's, he's trucking, he's going over there, and he gets there, and, and, uh, and there's this giant that's uh, taunting the Israelites. And every time he steps, he steps out, the Bible says that that the, uh, the whole army of Israel, they just go and they hide from this one guy. And not David. David comes in there and he says, Who is this guy? Why, 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 why are you guys doing this? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he would, he would come against the armies of the living God? And let me tell you, there was two perspectives that was going on. David had a perspective. And his uh, fellow... Brothers had a perspective. And, and, and you know what? David is the one that prevailed. Yeah. He, the Bible says, that when it's all said, the whole story, I'm going to break this down, but the whole story, when it's all said, the Bible says that he ran towards him, he hastened towards him, depending on what translation you're reading. He, he says he ran towards him. He wasn't, he wasn't drawing back. He was, he's like, give, give that sucker to me. I'll take him on. Yeah. Isn't that right? Yeah, I'll bring him down, and, and he didn't do it with a he didn't do it with a sword. He didn't do it. You know, he did it with what he had. He used his slingshot and some rocks, and he brought this dude down. And I'm here to tell you, perspective means everything. When you have the right perspective, it'll it'll, it'll, it'll enable you to do things that that you otherwise wouldn't be able to. Because it creates a braveness in, in your life, in my life. So how do, you, how do you be brave? How do you be brave? Well, number one from this story, how to be brave is to have the right, have the right perspective of God. I think many times we, we don't have the right perspective of God in our life. And that could come from a variety of different reasons because maybe we're not in a great relationship with God. Uh, this past Thursday, I spent uh, a time with Dan and Debbie. For you that know Dan and Debbie, there are small group directors, and and I spent uh, I spent uh, a time with them. We went and had a meal, and and uh, uh, and so anyway, we were, we were just spending time with them. And I got to thinking about this. I, I I enjoy Dan and Debbie. They're wonderful, and and they're precious people. And one thing about Dan and Debbie and my wife and I is that we never feel like we have to be somebody that we're not. And we never have to, we never have to be concerned about saying the wrong things. We don't feel like we're, we're being judged. And, and let me tell you something. We all are judging all the time. And we've got to be careful that we don't misjudge. We judge things that we need to judge. In other words, you, you, there's just some things that you need to you need to identify and judge it and move on. Like I make judgments all day long, thousands of judgments all the time, decisions based on those judgments. Should I cross this street? 
judgment being made. Absolutely not. There's cars coming. Okay? And so you're, we're making judgment calls all the time. But many times people are judging us for all the wrong reasons. And they're judging us. And, and they're judging us. And I, I, I don't feel like I need to be concerned with Dan and Debbie. We've been walking with together, together for, uh, I think, Debbie, 17 years. Knew her. She came here uh, before uh, before uh, she met Dan. Before they got married, and and Dan over eleven years or twelve years or thirteen or fourteen or however long, fifteen years. Oh my gosh, it's been a long time. And, and so you know, and and from time to time, you know, we say wrong things, and we do. We just do. We 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 say foolish things. And we say wrong things, but I don't ever feel like if I say a wrong thing to them, that they're gonna just they're just gonna kick me to the curb. They're gonna they're gonna trash this relationship. I feel like they're there, and and if you know if you know them, they they'll they'll talk to you about it, especially Dan. Yeah. <laughs> See, all of you laughing, no Dan. <laughs> And so Dan, Dan will, he'll, you know, they'll just let you know, and that's okay, and I'll let them know, and, and it's wonderful. Well, God's that away. You know, some people do not have a confidence in God because they don't have a relationship like they need to with God. I never feel like I'm being judged in a bad way by God. God's always judging. He's a judge. But I don't feel like he's judging me in a bad way. He knows my makeup. He knows where I'm at in life. The, the, the biggest thing with God is that he doesn't want us living a life of rebellion. He knows that we're going to falter, that we're going to from time to time uh, fall. We're going we're gonna to make a wrong uh, call. We're going to make a mistake. We're going we're gonna to give in in a, in a time of weakness and, and do something foolish that we know we shouldn't have because we were just weak. You ever knew that, you, you just knew you weren't supposed to eat that next piece of whatever? And it's like, golly, I'm not supposed to, but man, your flesh is just crying out and craving it. And you give in to it. And same way, that happens throughout life. You know you're not supposed to say that thing, but oh, your flesh is, oh. You just say it anyway, and you wish you could... Draw, take it back, draw it back, and it's too late. It's already out there, and all you can do is say, God, forgive me. Please forgive me. And you just know that God does. And so we have to be confident. And see, the Israelites, they weren't confident in God, but David was. He said something. He says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that they would come against the armies of the living God? He knew his God. 1 Samuel 17, verse 26 said, David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? He knew God. He had a relationship with God. He'd walk with God. He'd seen God work many times over. And when we have a relationship, and I'm not talking about up here, many times we have head knowledge of God, but we don't have a heart of God. We don't have that heart knowledge of God. What's the difference between head knowledge and heart knowledge? 
difficult difficulty. I'll get it out. Thank you, thank you for waiting. I always say this. I'm worth waiting. I might be a little slow, but I'm worth waiting on. Difficulty. Now I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> I totally spaced it. Oh, well. I, you, about myself. I, anyway, I don't remember what I was going to say. We, oh, I, I, I struggled. I struggled for years and years with relationships because, uh, because I struggled with me. It was difficult connecting with people. It was difficult, uh, you know, uh, relating to people. Because I was always, always thinking about me. And God dealt with me. And some of you have heard this, heard this about ministry. He says, listen, ministry cannot be about you. It cannot be about you. you it, you're going to make some mistakes. I just made some. It's not about me. It's about, honoring, it's all about honoring God. And it's about making an impact in people's lives. All I am is a vessel. I cannot do anything without God anyhow. There's not any words, not anything I can share with you unless it's His Word. There's not a thing that I can do unless I just allow Him to use me. And so I had to make a perspective shift that this is not about me. Well, what are people going to think? Well, people are going to think anyway. I've discovered people are just going to be... Negative people are negative people. They're going to be negative towards me anyway. And, and, and I, I just dealt, dealing with a, an issue, just kind of in the midst of, found out about it today. And, and I was thinking, you know what? This person, the only reason they're reacting the way they're reacting is because they're sensitive to a particular area. And I can't tell you about it, but they're, they're sensitive to a particular area in their life. And therefore, they're reacting negatively. And it's all about them. And it cannot be. We've got to change our way of thinking. God, let me tell you, I am who I am because you have made me who I am. And so let me, let me give you uh, here this scripture a little long, but let me read it. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 31 through 35, it says, Now when the words of David spoke, uh, the word, excuse me, now when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul. He sent for him. Then David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight this Philistine. And Saul said to David, You are not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth, and he is a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion and a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from his, from his mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck it and killed it. Man, just li- listen to this guy. He's like, but I know you don't believe in me, but I believe in me. My, my oldest brother told me I was prideful. He didn't say that here, but the, it does say that in, 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 in my oldest brother said, what are you doing here? Why ain't you home tending those sheep? You, you know, started calling him prideful. And you know what, David? He didn't let it phase him. He knew who he was. It's like, I can do this. Bear, lion, giant, no biggie. He was brave. Why was he brave? Let me ask you the question. Why was he brave? 
he, he, he had a different perspective than the others. He saw himself differently than others saw him. He saw himself, get this, get this, he saw himself as God saw him. And we all need to start seeing ourselves as God sees us in order for us to accomplish what God wants us to accomplish. I'm going to use this scripture, I believe, Wednesday. But uh, I just wrote a, I write a monthly note to my grandson. started when he was just a, two or three months old, I think it was. And he's now he's pushing. He'll be seven years old in October. And so every month I send him a note or a little letter, send him an, and encouraging him in the word. And I believe God's going to take that not only for this season because he was getting these when he didn't understand words. And I believe later on in life, God's going to use that to speak in due season what he needs. I better not go there. There's too much to unfold there. Many of us are too caught up in the now. I'm going to have to go there for a moment. We're too caught up in the now. We're not laying the platform for generations to come. As, as a church, we're doing that. We need to do that. We need to be mindful of that. And, and uh, even some of the changes, some of you saw the changes here. You know, we, we made some of the color changes so that we're appealing more to a, a younger generation. We need at least a bare minimum of three generations. Those uh, Abraham, Isaac, and J- Jacob. Three generations, the older generation, uh, middle generation, younger generation. We want to appeal. We want to impact. That's what this, the, the vision of this church is to grow a life-giving church that reaches the lost disciples of the pound and equips the next generation. And so we need to be very, very mindful of that. doesn't exclude anybody. It includes everybody. Okay? Are you with me? A little vision cast in there. And so, uh, and, and let me tell you, our young people, they need an infusion with vision. They need an infusion with God's heart and what God wants to do. And so otherwise they're going to be having a wrong, and a lot of them do, have a wrong perspective of, them, of, them, of themselves. And we've got to have a right perspective in order to teach them to have a right perspective. Else they're going to get on the wrong path and end up making a mess of their life. Okay, here we go. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11 and, uh, through 13 out of the Message Bible, it says this. Dear, uh, dear, dear Corinthians, dear, dear church on the movers, I can't tell you how much I long for you and to enter this wide open, spacious life. We didn't fence you in. The smallness that you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. Open up your lives. Live openly and expansively. Open up. Let God do a great work in you. Let me give you one last thought, and I'm going to bring this to a close. How to be brave through through perspective. We need to have a right perspective of the devil. And when I say the devil, I, I, I contemplated putting giant or giants or, or some other title there because we're talking about David and Goliath. And, and I, but, you know, Goliath is a, a, is, a, is a picture or a symbol of the devil. 
in our lives. And so I chose to go ahead and put the devil in. And let me give you one reason, one big reason why I went ahead and, and made that final decision. I, I heard a statistic just recently from, put out by Barner Research. And they said that 60% of Christians don't believe in the devil. 60% of Christians. I didn't say people. Christians don't believe in the devil. And, and Yeah, wait a minute. Now, here's my thought. Devil's all in your business. All the time. For those that are not aware of the devil being in our business, he's probably controlling most of your lives. And I say your lives because he ain't controlling mine. I'm not being manipulated. I am choosing not to be manipulated by fear. Devil uses fear to manipulate people, to keep people down, to kick them around, to move them around where he wants. He's the master manipulator. He's been around longer than you and I have. Put together. And he knows his business. And fear is one thing that he uses. And he keeps us in places where, uh, of bondage. Because if you'll read Hebrews, fear puts us in bondage. It keeps us in bondage. It holds us back. It prevents us from moving out in what God has for us. And far too many people are under the, under the manipulation of the devil in their life. And so 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 36 and 37, I'm going to bring this to a close. I'm going to just make a couple of comments and then I'm going to close this. It says, your servant, verse 36 to 37, your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be one like one of them, seeing that he has defiled the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion And from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to him, go, the Lord be with you. Go, the Lord be with you. When you have a right perspective about your enemy, the devil, you will go and you will overcome and you will will accomplish what God has for you to accomplish. It's without question. It will happen. It will happen. By the way, when you're bold and brave as, as, as David was, it will also, also change the perspective of others. Saul initially did not believe in David, but here we see that he said, okay, go ahead. I see that God's been at work in your life. That's why it's so important that we share our testimonies. That's why we show so important that we get in small groups and share our stories with others that are struggling because they need to hear God at work in your life so that God can have uh, access into their life through faith. And faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. Amen? Amen. So important. And so I want you to understand that the devil, he's... he, he, is, he has no uh, ability other than the ability that we give him into our life. And one of the ways that he has ability in our life is when we give in to fear. The Bible tells us in, in uh, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 and 9, 9, it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. 
Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same suffering, sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. We need to understand that we have the ability to resist the devil. Amen. And when we do, he has to flee. He has no, he has no uh, uh, power that, uh, that can uh, take us down other than the power that we afford him to have in our lives. Yeah. And when we submitted to God, we know, have the right perspective of who God is, who we are, who he is, that we know that he's a defeated foe and that we have victory over him, then he, when he, he raises his ugly head through fear, you can say, uh, stop. No more. Not here. You're not, you're not, you're not speaking to me. You're not, you're not coming in my life. I, I, I draw the line right here. You, you will not cross this line. Not in my life. Not in my children's life. Not in my marriage. Not in our church. Not in our community. Wherever that line needs to be drawn, you stop it and you chase him off. And if you'll have that perspective, then you'll, you'll see that uh, he has to flee. But I want you to know something about the devil. The devil's active in his efforts to find a way to destroy us. He's active. He's at work all the time. I'm a go-getter. I'm a go-getter. I get something in my mind, I'm going to go after it. Get, he's a go-getter. He's, he's, he's aggressively going out to destroy. He's seeking. He's seeking. Do I have inroad? Can I get in? Can I get in his life? Can I get in her life? And he's looking. You know what he's looking for? He's looking for things that are contrary to the word of God being lived out in our life. Is he, does he see fear in your eyes? Does he see you making decisions based on the fear that he's actually put on you? And if so, he's saying, "Mm -hmm, I get to devour. What does it mean to devour? It means to eat up. Some of you know what it means. You devour hamburgers all the time. You devour devour food all the time. You You know what I'm saying? It's one bite at a time. Same way in our life. The devil's coming in. It's not like he's, it's all one, it's a little bit at a time. He begins to eat away, eat away, eat away. You need to put a stop to it and say, no more. I know who I am, I know who God is, and I know who you are. You're defeated. You have no place in my life. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you today. We 